15,000 years into the future, humanity will have seen many small deaths and rebirths. Our world, Earth, now known as Cradle, will fall to ruin only to rise from the ashes and see its children, humanity, spread to every corner of the galaxy. The human diaspora is now spearheaded by a utopian government known as Union. Their influence continues to spread amongst the stars. So much about humanity as we know it has changed. One thing that hasn't, the importance of real estate. The best places to live lie just outside Cradle, AKA within shouting distance of the powerful Union Navy. One such system, the metropolitan galaxy of Alpha Pisces, lies just a comfortable 25 light years away from Cradle itself. A breezy commute if there ever was one. Alpha Pisces surrounds the star Fomalhaut, ancient scientific Arabic for mouth of the whale. Thus, all planets within the Alpha Pisces system are named for famous whales throughout human history. <laughs> Moby Dick, the ice giant. Bigaloo, the double-ringed gas wonder. Humphrey, the lava rock planet. Keiko Willie, the habitable lush green marble. And Shamu, the highly terraformed ocean paradise where our tale takes place. In the city-state of Bolena, a beautiful city where cutting-edge architecture seamlessly blends with sea life. The streets flow like rivers and various aquariums line every city block. Oceans also surround Belena with various whales, organic and animatronic, visible from shore. Here in this peaceful metropolitan wonderland, our heroes find their place in the world. Could everyone roll for me a d20? Five. That's a 12. A uh, 16. All righties. Uh, decency. <laughs> This morning, you are doing as you always do, heading uh, to your favorite coffee shop right near your apartment for your usual very, very large uh, iced coffee. When you enter, you see your favorite barista. <laughs> favorite might be a strong word. I don't know. Is he your favorite? Uh, out of the baristas that work, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not your favorite barista in the galaxy. I mean, I haven't met them all yet. Um, so I don't want to. <laughs> no, very, very fair. <laughs> Considering the the scope of Union Space, there's definitely a better barista than Roscoe. Hey, decency, what's up, hey, Roscoe? Hey, I, I just, no, no, go for it. No, no, you you should. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say it. it like really meant a lot to me and the guys that you came to the show last week. You and your holographic selves? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't know. I get it. When you're in a band with a bunch of uh, AI holograms of yourself, like, it can feel weird to have, like, a team vibe, but we totally do. That's, uh, that's good. It's, it's good to be part of a team. Yeah, I mean, Roscoe, too, and me kind of have a John and Paul thing going on. You know, like, creative rivalry, light, erotic tension, but... Are you? Uh, we know the answer to whether Roscoe would have sex with his clone. Um, do you? Are you Roscoe one? Oh, I, I, I mean, I don't want to like. I mean, that's a band decision. So, I mean, right now, I guess. But you know, we check in every week. You know, feeling out who's the front man. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Everyone should. Um... Use their strengths 
Are you I a guess. front man at work? Uh, no, actually, I, I guess, well, you could say I hang back, um, but I'm important. I'm an important, I'm an essential part of the team. Oh, so like the drummer. Sure. Absolutely. I, I am absolutely like the drummer of our team. <laughs> okay. I mean, that makes sense. Like without you, there's uh there's really no rhythm. Is it even a song? Unless it's electronica and then like there's totally a song. Uh anyway, yeah, so same old, same old. <laughs> yes, please. Uh the largest cup of actually no, yeah, the largest cup of iced coffee I could have. Oh, I sense Thank some you. hesitation, but we power through. <laughs> the, the machine is making horrifying noises, spitting out the coffee. <laughs> there you go. Have a great day. Think, think, uh, think, uh, think, uh, uh, who you, you know, like, think of like some cool, like you're the drummer. Think of yourself as the drummer. Decency, you know, you keep the beat. Thanks, Roscoe. Uh, I think when decency gets out of the coffee shop, they pause and take a really deep breath, um, after (laughs) that social interaction. And then, uh, we promptly drink like an eighth of the giant... (laughs) cup of iced coffee before going on their way <laughs> um we scoot over about halfway across the city um to a, a high-rise apartment very luxurious on the inside up up above it can see um basically the entire expanse of blena and it is in fact right outside um a particularly large aquarium tank uh, the morning light uh, falls through the slits of the blinds, uh, casting themselves on one house cat, uh, currently asleep, but not for much longer. Uh, fish, is it the normal morning routine? Oh, absolutely. Fish is extremely <laughs> predictable. Um, <laughs> and fish is a uh, sort of a regular sized, like regular house cat. A, you know, a de- the, your, uh, you and I were talking about this, a, a, a domestic short hair would be the exact breed. Um, I.e. like cat is the breed. Um, you know, sort of white with black spots, sort of like, uh, 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 sort of like this cat. Oh my God, there's a cat. Sort of there's like the cat, cat on my shoulder right now who all the listeners can see. There is the cutest cat currently making an appearance. Well, I'll take a, a picture screenshot. of Guy the Cat will be in the show notes. <laughs> Um, so Fish, who is the bridge cat of 18,000, which is, uh, an entity of 18,000 cats linked together by OmniNet hardware, uh, as sort of a failed experiment that has been now shunted here to this part of, uh, the galaxy in order to, you know, be worth the insane amount of money they spent on it, um, he is uh, waking up and he does this sort of back stretch, like, like, you know, face down, ass up stretch um, and uh, instantly just like sort of walks over without any hesitation to the window and is staring at uh, at fish out the window, real fish. And uh, unfortunately, there's a glass pane there that fish cannot get through. So it's just sort of like pawing, like not touching the glass, but just going, ah! As cats are wanted, want to do uh, to fish. Fish, uh, fish hears the sound of his uh, owner, uh, Doctor 
Dr. Mother, Alice Sabri. Uh, Alice walks in. She has long, straight black hair, uh, deep skin and glasses. She's wearing, uh, she's actually more put together this morning than she usually is this early in a, in a crisp blouse and, uh, and gray trousers. And she, of course, has breakfast fish. Uh, what, is, what is breakfast today? Is it the routine? Uh, I think it's actually a little special today. I think that within within the food, uh, there's got to be a little special treat for fish. What's what's fish's favorite special treat? Um, oh, I mean, it's it's probably like a a tiny piece of jerky, right? Like the Ooh. a very small one that's your like favorite been jerky. chopped up slightly. So yeah, <laughs> fish is fish is getting to that food, and here is your favorite jerky, and just like instantly pause the food open until the jerky is there and starts eating it, and can talk while eating because does not talk with his mouth, and says, "Mother, I've been thinking on about what you said about nuance." Yes, fish. What about it? I would like to live my life with more nuance. How interesting. In what capacities of your life would you like to live with more nuance? At your work? Work is the vast majority of my life by hours, except for all of my dreams, which are the vast majority of my life by hours. So when you want to apply nuance, do you mean on missions or here with me? You brought up nuance in the facet of killing. Yes. Well, I kill professionally. I'm aware. How do I kill with nuance? Interesting. I suppose that your missions require you to achieve certain objectives, correct? Yes, almost entirely killing. For the few that require no killing in the specific instructions... I would say exercise your creative thinking in order to find other solutions. That is difficult, but a challenge I am willing to take, Mother. I know you're capable, Fish. You've only begun to scratch the surface of what you're capable of. Your dreams are proof of that. And she's going to reach up and, and do the little two-fingered uh, pet onto Fish's, Fish's head. Fish head butts. <laughs> Speaking of Fish... I'm going to be accompanying you to work today. Oh, are you also killing today? <laughs> I hope not, Fish. You know that's not within my specific uh, tastes. <laughs> However, your species is far more prof prolific at killing than mine. Touché. Well, that being said, would you like to take the usual chassis? And she gestures to um, two fish's uh, mo mobility <laughs> hardware. Uh, what does that look like, Ben? <laughs> yeah, so fish um, is a cat with sort of like a, a mesh suit um, that you can't really see. It sort of goes like it, it blends into the fur. But um, that's what he uses to pilot uh, this suit and also to speak with his vocoder, which is basically a like it, it is a heavy hard suit mechanically in this game. But basically it's like imagine like a really big like Starship Trooper style like personal mech armor, except for there's like no head on it and just like a shallow <laughs> cavity in the neck with a little cap bed in it. Um, and he hops into the neck. You could ride on that. Or it could walk alongside us and we could do things the old fashioned way. And uh, Alice holds up a uh, bubble cat carrier <laughs> that is, of course, transparent that, that fish will be able to see through. How do you feel? I am fine taking either method, but I believe I will need my frame at work. Absolutely. May the frame walk beside us. Of course. 
we'll look like a little family, won't we? Will people think it is strange the frame does not have a head? Do we care if people think it's strange, Fish? That is a good point. She opens up the little door in the cat carrier. Yeah, Fish, Fish, like, <laughs> Fish, like, does not walk in instantly. And it's just, like, sort of sniffing the carrier, like, all around the zipper. And then, like, he, like one foot is in now. Uh, she puts a little piece of jerky into the carrier. Two feet are in now as he eats the jerky and turns around and starts to walk away from the carrier. Fish, inside the carrier. Ah, uh, I see. Your wish is for me to go inside the carrier, and Fish goes inside the carrier. <laughs> uh, somewhere else uh, across the city in a, another apartment, uh, we see uh, a particular uh, sort of excitable young man <laughs> awaking. And uh, uh, Derek... Um, I think that this morning also begins as it usually does with all of your traps going off. Absolutely. Could you please, um, yeah, do me, do me a roll really quick. Yeah. yeah. So, Ooh, bad today. Terrible form. I rolled a two. Oh no. Okay. Derek, how, how did the traps get you this morning? Okay. So waking up as Derek McDuck normally does, you know, white hair, tufting, maskless um he rolls out of bed as like the the electronic blinds start to articulate um and he reaches for his net gun um with the hopes of firing it at one of the artifacts that he keeps in his bedroom that he's maybe appropriated from other planetary cultures question mark um so he's rolling out. I think he probably stumbles on the roll. Um, he's gr- reaching for his mask that he's always wearing that covers his nose and his chin and kind of extends, you know, three, four inches straight out. Um, he's also reaching for the net gun. I think somewhere in here there's a tumble, a fumble, and then he fires the net gun and maybe like catches his own foot. Oh, and he just goes uh, tumbling across his floor and it's just mm-hmm. a complete cartoonish mess of net gun artifacts, broken shards of probably irreplaceable art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Derek, when you look up from your spot on the floor, you are staring right into the face of, of the portrait you keep uh, in your in your living space of Pothole McDuck. And, mm. and it seems like this morning he's frowning at you. He doesn't look happy. Someday. Someday, Grandpa. (laughs) But not today. Um, And I think he kind of chides himself, uh, looses his foot from the net gun, and goes about getting himself properly dressed for the day. I see. Does does a blow like this weaken Derek McDuck's confidence, or does he just jump right back? (laughs) I think he's probably a little rattled this morning, and I think this is maybe... Uh, a bit of a blow for him. <laughs> it's sort of like checking your horoscope. <laughs> like, oh no, it said it was going to be bad today. <laughs> Mercury is in retrograde, even from all the way over here. And that's a problem. For you know, Derek. actually, in 15,000 years into the future, we will be t- able to tell precisely when Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> all righties. All three of you are headed to the same place, the place we are going to check in with our fourth and final Lancer, uh, deep within the bowels 
of this particular building, a uh, maintenance closet, uh, which should be unoccupied during the during the night hours, is uh, very much occupied. <laughs> and uh, the uh, current occupant of said maintenance closet is used to being rudely awakened. To this morning, actually, things are things are quite quiet, Atue. You're not hearing any maintenance robots banging on the door. No, no cleaners trying to get in your way. Uh, what are you doing in your closet this this morning? <laughs> um, I think Atue gets up and stretches. Maybe he puts his ear to the wall to see if he hears anything in the in the hallway, since it's oddly quiet. Um, and then I think. Since this is unusual, he'll probably go ahead and turn on his invisibility with his stealth suit. Um, maybe climb through some vents to get a better view into the hallway. That's awesome. So I believe that I need you to roll for going through the vents, but you have a do you have a a, a trigger to help with that? Um, act unseen or unheard. Oh sure, yeah. Let's do that one. So I'll give you one one. Uh, what do you have in that now that you've leveled up? Uh, still just a plus two, uh, but it's not much help because I rolled a five, so a total of seven. Oh, okay. Another another sort of rattled crew member today. Uh, Atwe, how how goes <laughs> your your failed venture into the vents? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's overconfident because usually he would use his uh, his mag clamps on his boots to like walk up the wall, but maybe he tries to heave himself up this time and hits his shins on the edge of the vent uh, as he's trying to go in and uh, makes a very loud noise and just, uh, yeah, maybe he doesn't even make it up there. <laughs> um, uh, there's clanging and clanging all throughout these, these uh, hallways, these uh, hallways where mostly just maintenance robots like to roam around. Atwe, when you finally uh, push open the, the other vent, the, the outside vent door, and you you slide mm -hmm. it open. <laughs> you see um, somebody is waiting for you outside of your maintenance hall door. Uh, it is uh, your superior, Vera Gemma. <laughs> Vera is uh, a tall, imposing, uh, sort of Helen Mirren type, and an older, uh, fabulously dressed woman. Her arms are currently crossed. She has. Um, uh, something uh, that looks like a a blaster at her side, which is a little alarming. <laughs> I don't remember moving your office, Atwe. Oh, um, yes. Get down well, from there, you look ridiculous. That... Yeah, sure thing, I was just uh, taking a peek, but I'll, uh, I'll come right down. How are you this morning? I see you have rejected my 15th offer of a promotion with this. She opens up her hand and a little video pops up that seems to just be um, a long sort of kind of creepy video like a conspiracy theory video on mushrooms mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, w well yeah like i've told you uh there are many other things that i need to be looking at there are some uh, secret issues that I'm trying to um, get the inside look at. And if I was in an office and in the C-suite and, you know, wherever else you're trying to take me, then everybody's eyes would be on me. And, you know, that's not really my scene. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I got to find out about these mushrooms. She um, drops the, vi the, the video screen or the little video device onto the ground and literally crushes it under her heel. <laughs> 
<laughs> she looks deeply unimpressed with your explanation. And she's uh she's glowering at you. She's just giving you like the death stare. Mm. Vera, I know we go back a long way. Yes. And um I remember when we were on a team together and did missions and a lot has changed since then. You you seem very pleased with being in the offices and talking to the people and telling them what to do. But but me, me, I uh, Oh, oh, oh no, there. do not go there. Do not go there right now. No. No you oh god. Did I um did I touch a soft spot, Vera? Yes, yes, I remember. You're a free spirit with no need for apartments or crazy things like that. Oh, of course you would. Mm-hmm. You know, you bringing up... You, I thought we agreed to just leave the past where it was. My mistake. You're right, I agreed. I apologize. Atwe, is this a cue that I should just stop asking and leave you alone? Oh, that's... um. I think that um, we might view success in a different way, Vera, and that's okay. I think my goals are not to get high up in the company. It's it's not. Um, it's. Hmm. I'm happy where I am. I'm happy helping people. I'm happy being there in the scene. An office is not for me. So if there's a way that you can use my skills outside of an office, I'm all ears. But um, right now, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I see. So you're perfectly happy living alone inside of a maintenance closet. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be? Oh, my God. Forget it. Oh, you're, you're just... And I take back what I said about my guest room. Off limits. Enjoy the whatever's in here. Oh, it smells disgusting. Uh, Bye, Vera. I'll see you later. And I'll keep you updated on the mushrooms. Ah! (laughs) And uh, with that, Vera storms uh, out. Um, uh, The other three that are commuting, that have slightly longer commutes uh, to the office... Uh, it is now about the time where all three of you arrive at Unio headquarters. The imposingly beautiful structure rivals only the state capital in opulence. Unio is the main employer in Belena. It has no official affiliation with Union, though they hope you won't look into that too hard. For nearly 100 years, Unio has been one of the most prolific lancer for higher operations in the exurbs of the cradle. They prefer you not use uh, the word mercenary. They uh, find that crude. They prefer associates. All of you arrive inside of your team's particular team room uh, where we have uh, scattered about a uh, you know reasonable sized, about a living room sized area. We have a MacGyver-like tool bench, uh, a giant human-sized beanbag, and uh, a board covered in pictures and lots of different colored wires, string. <laughs> uh, you have a new guest uh, this morning inside the team room you're not used to, uh, Dr. Alice Sabri, who is currently carrying a fish in a cat carrier. 
you're not used to seeing fish without uh, their chassis. The chassis lumbers in headless behind. <laughs> the the chassis sort of uh, runs into the into the door frame a couple of times, like pff, pff, not enough to hurt it, but just a couple of boom boom. Uh, and you guys, I don't know if you've ever met uh, Fish's owner, but you can feel free to to decide that for yourselves. I hmm. When you s- and Derek like gets down, he like squats so he's eye level with Fish, and then he's looking up at Alice, who he has not met before, and he's just like, "When you say mother, you you mean like." He's looking up at Alice. He's looking down at Fish. There are many definitions of the concept mother. She is several of them. Thank you, Fish. Not all of them. Sweet thing to say. Uh, Some are mutually exclusive. (laughs) Lovely to meet you. My name is Dr. Alice Sabri. I am Fish's uh, mother, along with his creator of sorts. You are? Mm, Sorry. Derek McDuck, ma'am. And he Lovely. puts out a hand. She takes it, shakes. And uh, you too? Uh, decency be damn, ma'am. Lovely. And um, the weird one in the corner over there. Hmm, thank you for the compliment. Uh, my <laughs> name is Atwe. So uh, you, you are behind this um, c- cat being person talker? One of many. I was part of the team that developed the 18,000 project. I just happened to also be Fish's mother. Isn't that right, Fish? That's correct. In fact, Fish, today we're going to be seeing a lot of old friends on your mission. I do not wish to kill any of my friends. Oh, uh, you won't have to, Fish. We're going to help them. And she opens up the cat carrier to let Fish out. Uh, yeah, fish fish uh, trots out of the carrier and like over to the computer station uh, for him in this room and sits on the keyboard. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the computer starts to open up a lot of windows. It probably shouldn't, but you know, such is life. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you've already received the mission briefing. But we're going to an outskirts world that's recently been occupied by a few of my colleagues that are working on a new project. Seems their, uh, it seems their supply drone went down in uh, dangerous territory, and they need some Lancer's help to recover it. I figured this would be the perfect chance for Fish to re-encounter some of the people who made him possible, and for me to connect with some of my old friends. Oh, will you be coming with us on this trip? I will. I have a lot to catch up on with some of these people. All right. So we're going to go to this planet, find a security drone. I feel like there must be a catch. Uh, well, I probably should let my colleague explain to you all the catches, since he's the one with boots on the ground. All right. Derek, like, shrugs, puts his hands behind his head, kind of does that anime lean back, (laughs) and then he's like, I'm always ready to suit up. I love that enthusiasm. I I just wanted to add that decency is trying to 
sit in their very large beanbag chair that they've brought to the office. But um, unlike usually when they would have just thrown themselves in it, they're trying to sit very proper, <laughs> uh, which is impossible in a beanbag chair. Um, so it, it looks fairly ridiculous. Um, uh, Alice uh, looks around at all of you. I find it interesting that Vera puts you with these three individuals, Fish. Did she uh, give you a choice when choosing a team? I am not legally allowed to make choices, for I am not considered sapient. Do you like this team, Fish, or would you like to be transferred? I am satisfied with this team. All right. Good enough for me. We have not died. Oh, I hope you won't take offense. You see, Fish is a very special project of mine and dear to my heart. I just want to make sure he's happy. My colleagues have not allowed me to die yet. I see. Nor do we plan on doing so in the future. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good. So long as you're taking care of my baby. Um... (laughs) Uh, so that being said, uh, the four of you are used to traveling to your, uh, assignments via blink gate, because this is an outskirts world. Once you get to the last blink gate, you're still going to have to take, uh, a shuttle to the planet that you've been assigned, uh, to, uh, land on as part of this mission. And that means your mechs have to be suited up inside the hangar, uh, of this ship, um, could you all briefly give us an explanation, uh, or could you all give us a description of your mech? Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Derek McDuck. Yeah. Um, so Derek McDuck, um, who uses the call sign Darkwing, um, his mech Gearloose is an ISP North Star frame Raleigh, um, which for listeners at home that aren't super into Lancer yet, yet, um, it's kind of a, a gunner sharpshooter, um, sort of a mech, but he has outfitted it with a, um, an energy blade as well, um, and has taken talents in both sharpshooting and, um, sword fighting in mech um which he's really into so a lot of anime bullshit but he's here for it yeah uh so the ever given is in the same green uh that decency wears which some might call i don't know shipping green um and it is a um a drake uh, ISPN Drake, uh, which basically means is is big boy, is is just big big boy. Um, I think of it as a very very blocky and large uh, with no head, um, just all shoulders, um, pretty much, and uh, it has a very thin red line around its legs at the bottom and the top around the shoulders um it looks like maybe decency even did this themselves um they're just tiled um blocks of color like the tiles in their suit um that have been kind of haphazardly painted on um it's the evergiven's great at ramming into things um <laughs> and <laughs> 
and blowing things up uh pretty much that's its skill set it's a it's a big fortress it's a big fortress it's really hard to move um and its name is the ever given have i said that yet that that's its name Yeah, 18,000. Well, so 18,000 pilots, sort of the human-sized mech with, you know, square shoulders, open neck, which itself pilots another mech because they don't make mech controls for cats. There's only one cat who could pilot a mech. (laughs) And so uh, the mech itself is... A cat, or more accurately, it's a serval. Um, the frame is an IPS North Star Nelson, which is basically a melee heavy, like run in and strike type frame, uh, like unarmored, uh, and basically has a threat level of like three plus a b- ability I have, which makes my threat level like four. So basically, if I'm standing four spaces away from you, like four body lengths, it's as if I'm standing next to you. Um, only melee weapons, but yeah, it's basically a a cat with like a lot of like fiber optic fur and like very sharp like laser blades on the tail claws and teeth uh awesome terrifying love it atwe what does atwe's uh uh, mech look like Uh, i also did not sorry um describe what atwe looks like um so should i do oh i can do one let's do atwe's uh physical description first and then we can do the mech description cool thank you um, okay, so Atwe, um, I got that name actually, it was inspired by Taino history. His call sign is Cacique, which is Taino for chieftain. He is an older man uh, in his, probably his early 70s, at least that's what he looks like, uh, though it seems like he might be even older. Um, he's pretty lean, um, actually, I would say very lean, he doesn't have any like excess muscle it doesn't have any excess weight fat really um he i think he like never wears a shirt uh and he probably has a lot of tattoos um he has this undersuit but it's uh see-through and then his stealth hard suit is also see-through so um he <laughs> yeah so he usually uh will acquiesce and and wear some undergarments maybe some shorts um, other times when he doesn't want to, he's able to turn parts of his undersuit opaque. Um, and uh, he he can tell everyone gets a little bit less comfortable around him when that's uh, what's going on, but he doesn't care. Um, yeah, yeah, that's him. I think like probably dark tan skin, like always kind of suntanned and... Um, yeah, he's he's kind of kooky. He's kind of he's wily and kooky, I would say. <laughs> we we love a kooky old man. What does Atwe's mech look like? So Atwe is piloting a Smith Shimano Corpro Death's Head. So uh, SSC is another manufacturer, and they are known for sort of agility, long range things. Um, also, lend themselves to invisibility. So since Atwe loves to turn his stealth suit invisible, he does the same with his mech. Um, it is uh, hexapedal, so it has six legs. I I kind of think of it actually as um, like a ghost crab. Uh, I named it Upia, which is 
another Taino word for um, people's spirits after they pass away. So felt like a ghost crab was fitting. It's kind of pale, sort of iridescent, which lends to it going invisible pretty often. And then um, on the cockpit uh, atop, it like swivels and it has um, it has uh, two rifles, which kind of, I don't know, I kind of think of them as the claws a little bit. So that is the upia. Uh, we love a crabby boy. We love a crabby boy. Uh, all righties. So aboard this, uh, this ship that's taking you to this outs- outskirt world, uh, you are, it is mostly piloted by AI. It's a small ship, not meant for a large crew, since it's just transporting you and your mechs, and in this specific case, uh, Dr. Alice Sabri. Uh, you're shooting through the darkness of space, stars and planets going by. Uh, Alice sits at the captain's chair, although she's certainly not piloting the ship. It's just a convenient seat, and she seems used to uh, being in a space seat of authority uh she motions towards fish who's currently in his chassis to come and sit on her lap if he would like fish uh fish is like looking in the other direction is she like snapping or like like one of those fish Um, fish's ears turn backwards (laughs) fish don't you want to come sit with mom um fish turns around and like very slowly trots over and then, like, w- walks over to the left to, like, examine something on the wall and then finally comes over. Fish, how much do you remember of when you were made what you are? I remember everything. I cannot forget. I thought so. So you might remember the faces of the people we're about to encounter. I hope you'll give them a warm reception. I see no reason not to. Unless there is. No, I think of them all as sort of your extended family. Aunts, uncles, cousins, all of them alike. Are they your family? Not by blood, but certainly by profession, passion. Ah, yes, like my colleagues. Hmm. You know, I told Vera that I only wanted the best for you. I meant it. If you feel this is the best for you, I won't question your judgment. But uh, she glances over at uh, Otwe in the corner. (laughs) I can't help but feel that some of them are a little off kilter. Otwe has denied promotion 15 times. Interesting. Why is that? You could ask him. It is hard for me to explain. I do not understand. Hmm. And, uh, However, what? he is incredibly competent. I see. Hmm. Interesting. He also sleeps in a closet. Well, I can't say I understand those who lack ambition, but certainly those who don't feel as though they quite fit in in this world. That we both have in common. And the other two, Derek and Decency. Well, Derek likes to, let's say, do extreme sports. <laughs> I Derek see. Derek is like fully in the back of this, like <laughs> doing, trying to perfect like a handstand on his hoverboard. <laughs> 
It's not going the best, but it's not terrible. <laughs> I mean, let's see how terrible it is. Please roll me a d20. Uh, well, and uh, you're on a hoverboard, so you're rolling with difficulty. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, 18 minus 3, 15. Oh, That's a success. That's a success. He looks great. Not effortless, <laughs> but great. I see. Uh, he seems like he has fun and decency. <laughs> they seem to be immortal. I am very afraid for their heart. Oh, immortal. What makes you say that? How much coffee do you drink in the morning? <laughs> oh, I gave up coffee fish. Remember I told you. My they drink pressure. infinitely more than that. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Well, if they ever give you any trouble, Fish, you just let Mother know. I doubt I will be, but thank you. I see. I always worried that you may grow to be independent of me. It seems to be the natural order of your existence. Every night, I dream twelve years of life. Days to me are like, are like islands in a vast sea. Thus, choices are meaningless. Twelve years, and you still like me at the end of them? Yes. Oh, fish. Could Um, mommy give you a kiss? Yeah, fish is, like, curled up fully. Like, were were he not speaking, you'd think he was asleep. Uh, Alice gives fish a little little kiss, uh, (laughs) maybe on the noggin. Maybe uh, on paw, the ear. Paw over eyes. <laughs> Alrighty, so the ship lands, uh, and you are informed by the computer that it is negative 12 degrees Fahrenheit outside. I'm sure there's some sort of um, Lancer temperature if, if anyone wants to add us with what they what they use in Lancer. Please feel free to <laughs> go, uh, actually... They only use Kelvin. <laughs> It's entirely foreign to everyone else, but perfectly sensible to them. I have no idea. Negative 12 degrees uh, Fahrenheit outside. You're going to need uh, big coats, insulation, a lot to get through this this frigid cold. Uh, So, of course, you all always come prepared with with whatever warm weather apparel (laughs) you keep on hand in your travels. Uh, uh, Does anyone have any instincts about what they're wearing? I mean, cold weather. I mean, you have to have, uh, you always have cold weather apparel uh, for for these harsh conditions. Uh, does anyone have any instincts about what their character's cold weather gear looks like? I mean, I think that Derek um, is wearing like a white down coat. Um, there's maybe some like purple designs on it, particularly around like the chest region. Um, and it kind of like sticks out a little at the mm-hmm. butt, which is weird for a coat, but like, oh, like that's maybe just some kinda... some down feathers are sticking out a little bit. The back. yeah, a little bit, like just oh. a, just a little bit in the back. Fascinating, um, fascinating. And then I think it's very like uh, sensible, um, like rough spun, uh, kind of like pants. Like warm, but like rugged. <laughs> um, I'm curious, Atway, since Atway usually doesn't wear a shirt, what is Atway's <laughs> cold weather gear? 
Right, I was just thinking that because um, I'm looking again at the self undersuit, and it seems like it helps with temperature temperature control. I mean, it like protects against radiation and filters air and liquids. I feel like it's pretty. He doesn't actually probably need anything, but I like the idea that maybe he throws on a short scarf, <laughs> just just because, just uh, to uh, to feel the spirit of the uh, the warm weather of the cold weather. Uh, that's so awesome. Decency. What about what about decency? Uh, yeah, I think. Decency has a jacket that's clearly just left over from service and has had some of the um some you know things ripped off of it. Um but otherwise they're still in their big hoodie and jumpsuit and maybe some kind of uh warm boots. Um but then I think they do also have a maybe what looks like a um a knit cap or something that's brightly colored that they probably bought in a shop somewhere because they thought it looked nice. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't really go with the rest of the bit. What uh, color I, is it? Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's stripes uh, of uh, let's say let's say it's like orange and pink stripes. It Yeah. I like that. Uh, and and fish, do you? Does fish have a little sweater? Uh, I think fish is just wearing booties. Otherwise, just has fur. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone someone has draped a scarf around uh, the hard suit. <laughs> um, obviously, Alice has. Alice who's wearing a very chic long white coat. You step out of the ship. Uh, the ship's. Um, descending ramp comes out and all of you step out into the harsh cold weather of the planet Hagar. And you can see that the surface of the planet is gray as soot. Most of it is black ice. Out in the distance from the dock, however, uh, you can see a comforting sight. Lights from little windows. This is the team's research center, the scientists that you've uh, been set off to help. Would you call this planet horrible? Oh, Hagar. Right, would you call it horrible? Oh, would I call it horrible? I mean, to yeah. live? I mean, yes, Hagar, sure. the horrible. Oh, oh God. Oh no, what have I Planet. done? I knew I got that from somewhere. God, I hate that. I hate <laughs> that. Why did I do that? Um, Why did I do that? Everyone knows Hagar, the horrible. I think... As we're like strutting out of this ship, looking very chic in our winter gear, um, I think that Derek immediately like turns to look at fish and then like does it like, look at your dumb little boots. Look at your goddamn dumb little boots. And he's very excited by that. They're to protect the delicate skin of my paws. They sure are. They sure are. And like on his, um, you know, Bill mask display. There's just like anime hearts that just like keep popping up over his display for a second. And then it calms down, goes away. <laughs> Hello out there. Can you see me out in the distance? You see uh, someone, it looks like a, a tall ish man is waving at you. The, the surface is a little dusty. It seems like some of this, this snow often comes up. And you could sort of make him out in the distance. 
Right over here, this way, towards my voice. Derek will head over. Uh, I assume I assume everyone wants to head over towards the voice. Yeah. As you approach and the snow starts to settle, you uh, see a uh, tall man with sort of sandy brown curly hair to his ears, pale skin and, and bright green eyes. He's wearing um, uh, white uh, what looks like snow pants, you know, puffy down and a sort of a, a large and long white uh, coat that is probably a lot warmer than it actually looks. It's it's custom. It's got a very high collar. Behind him are uh, a few uh, other other scientists you can assume because they're wearing the exact same thing and they each have a, a triangle sort of insignia on these uh, hoodies. They're obviously some sort of uh, team wear. And something that's very unique about these particular uh, uh, these particular sweatshirts is that they have what looks to be kind of an adjustable sling in them, kind of like you know, like a, a baby sling perhaps. But you could move it all around the garment. And uh, they, each of these scientists seem to have one of these slings, and something something is definitely inside them that you can't see that right now. Hello, lovely to see you, Alice. Oh. And lovely to see all of you, Lancers. Dr. Russell, uh, Dr. Bertrand Russell, at your service, or I guess you're at mine. And he sticks out his hand to shake all of yours. Derek goes 100% all the time on handshake. <laughs> oh, love that coat. Love that coat with the little... Uh, Back at other, you. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, I see we've got quite the team you've assembled, Alice. And... Oh, fish. Fish, do you remember Bertie? Do you remember Bertie Russell? Hello, Bertie. <laughs> You're looking fine, mate. Alice, you've done a great job with him. My goodness. Um, Fish's hard suit, like, extends an arm, like, straight out, like, for a handshake. <laughs> uh, Bertrand laughs and takes the hand and shakes it. Gosh. He is unable to shake it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's some room for improvement, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, but my gosh, you are a sight for sore eyes, little guy. Are your eyes in distress? Is it because of the atmosphere of this planet? Uh, well, amongst other things. Speaking of, let's get inside, shall we? You guys look cold enough. And uh, Dr. Bertrand, uh, Dr. Bertrand Russell and the other scientists lead you towards the research facility. You enter into this facility and you realize the center, uh, it seems to be a bit of a work in progress. It looks like a, a new sort of research center with a lot of uh, prefab robots, a lot of empty space, people setting up various uh, lab tables, robotic arms, sensor stations. Uh, and the desks, although there seem to be nearly two dozen scientists, each with either their own uh, desk, their own station, uh, there's no personal effects scattered around just yet, with uh, a ton of personal effect boxes scattered about. Uh, this does seem to be, uh, as far as you can see, um, shiny and new as it comes. Sorry about the mess. Haven't had time to set up. We just opened our doors yesterday. And you've already run into problems with a probe? <laughs> oh, right. I should be clear about that. It's not a probe, actually. 
It's a drone shipment we received of some important raw material. You know, let's not get into it here. Who wants a tour? Uh, sure. I'm, I, I'm seeing a soft yes on the tour. Soft yes on the tour. <laughs> Hand raised. <laughs> well, Fish, I don't know if you remember, but a few months after you were considered uh, done and dusted, a let's failure. say. Uh, oh, uh, now, Fish, I, I don't think anyone here would call you that. However, that is what the project is listed as. Well, uh, um, yes, well, after we were let go from that particular endeavor, a few of the 18,000 team and I started dabbling in uh, some other sentient research now, usually we'd like to keep things a little close to home, but we received a stellar grant to start working on some uh, developing planets. As you're being, as Dr. Bertrand Russell speaks, he leads you um, through this, this sprawling facility. It's got everything that you might need to, to live in, in a place for a while. You know, cafeteria, gym, dormitories. Uh, and you can see uh, throughout the facility, there are also um, uh, glass, glass cages that are currently empty at this point. Some of them are growing some plant life, some moss. You can assume that some tubes might contain sort of uh, microorganisms. Uh, but uh, Dr. Bertrand Russell isn't drawing attention to any of these right now. Are there any like... Are they like humans? Like like humans floating in tanks? Oh no, no humans floating in tanks. Yet. Okay, not yet. <laughs> We're trying to apply some of the things we learned on Project 18,000 to other organic and inorganic materials, things that might increase connectivity throughout the universe, sort of a mind melt, so to speak. And a bunch of the materials on that ship that went down well, they're rather important to our research. There is an issue with where they fell. Is it a legal issue or a violence issue? <laughs> I'm afraid it's the latter. We were surprised to learn that we weren't quite alone here. Turns out there's been a, uh, a group of um, pirates. Pirates living just a few miles up north of us and have been for a while now. Uh, now, usually we'd love to be friendly with our neighbors, but of course, our drone ship just happened to land straight in their territory, and it seems they'd like to help themselves. <laughs> they weren't open to diplomacy. Oh, I, I think decency is probably hanging back a little bit from the group, maybe looking in some of these tubes as if they have any idea what's going on. Um, they don't really. But I think at this point, they kind of focus in on what's being said. And I'd love to just read this situation to see if it feels like anything's being withheld um, from us. Yeah, give me the roll. Cool. And I do have plus four on that. Awesome. Oh, well, I rolled an 18. Um, Hell yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. Uh Decency. Dr. Russell certainly seems um, like he's in a precarious situation, right? 
like this does seem like a, a high stress kind of event. And yes, yet he's he's keeping pretty cool, all things considered. It's it's almost weird how little stress you can actually feel him emanating. It's kind of like he's putting on the appearance of stress. Um trying to think of a way to not just repeat what you just told me. Um well, I think DCC maybe just leans in, like maybe puts a head past uh, like Derek's shoulder or something, like leans into the group a little bit and says, uh, that seems like a, a very high stress situation to be in. Uh, but things seem to be running as normal here. There's no one running about concerned. Oh, well, that's because, frankly, I haven't told the team what's in the ship. If they knew, well, it could put us back months. <laughs> I'd rather keep this, or at least the specifics of it, quiet for now, until the ship's recovered. Derek McDuck is fully watching a hollow vid of his grandfather, <laughs> Pothole McDuck, on a pirate ship <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> like, not a Volume pirate on? spaceship. But like a pirate ship, um, I think the volume's on a little, like enough for him. And then he says, "Wait, what?" And like the hollow of it disappears from his mask uh, video interface. Uh, I, I said that uh, the contents of the ship—they're pretty high in importance, and I'd rather the rest of the team not know that they've been apprehended by pirates. So if we could keep this quiet. Oh sure, yeah. I'm I'm really good at quiet. And then he he like <laughs> leans back trying to be nonchalant and knocks something over. Uh, oh gosh. Um That was yeah. that was you got another one of those, right? Uh, I'll have to check. Yes. Uh, oh lord. I'm so sorry. Alice steps forward. She's she's been following you guys for a while. Fish. Remember our conversation about nuance? Yes. The primary directive of this mission is not to damage the contents of that drone ship, you understand? Yes. The secondary objective is to kill these pirates. Sounds great. Good. Can we all hear Alice and the doctor in this moment? Dr. Mother? (laughs) Yes, you can all hear. Dr. Mother is just talking. Dr. Mother is talking out loud with her human voice. Oh, I'm trying. I'm still like sussing out uh, decency's moral um, stamina and lines here. I th- I think um, <laughs> oh, beautiful cat. I I think decency uh, will like, kind of look from Alice to uh, Doctor Birdie and, and say, "What exactly are the contents of this ship?" Uh, Doctor Russell gives Alice a nervous glance. And Alice just coldly turns to you and says, The contents are important. That's all you need to know. Isn't it? Well, if we're going to be killing people over it, um, a little more detail might be nice. I don't see how knowing anything about the contents of this drone ship should change your attitude towards those who have apprehended it illegally. Do the contents exploded explode when hit, or when struck, or when shaken? Oh, uh, no. No explosions, but please don't do any of those. I mean, we'll try, but good to know they won't blow up. Love that. I mean, 
it is exciting to imagine a fight with pirates and explosions. But I understand. Don't worry, Derek. I brought explosions. Uh, suddenly, there is a little <laughs> that comes uh, from uh, Dr. Russell's sling. <laughs> oh, look who's there. Dr. Russell moves the side of his sling, and you can see um, nestled within it is a sleeping white and brown spotted little house cat. Very cute asleep with a little pink nose. <laughs> Do you remember her, Fish? Probably not. Yes, I remember her. Hey, Peaches. I know you can't wake up to say hi to Fish, but he's doing great and you're helping. You know that? And uh, that's when you realize that all of these scientists probably have slings with cats in them. (laughs) 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 It is all cat people in this station. Create for workplace morale. Mm-hmm. I love to have a cat, Bjorn. Cat Bjorns. Uh, du- uh, get your Dungeons and Drama nerds. Cat Bjorn. No. Soon available on our website. If there are no more questions, Alice says curtly, as in there should be no more questions. I think. Oh, uh, sure. I have some more questions. Me too. <laughs> Uh, it, it's good to know the lay of the lands before we enter into um, unfriendly territory. Is there any information on these pirates you can provide us with beyond them being pirates? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, here, I've got a map that I can show you of where the drone landed. Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percival Hornack, and Nicholas Orvis, and is mixed and edited by Anthony Sertel-Dean. Our Lancer game features Julia Doolittle as the GM, Todd Brian Backus as Derek McDuck, Giovanni Camagno as Atue, Ben Ferber as 18,000 slash Fish, and Tristan B. Willis as Decency B. Dam. Lancer was written by Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson Morgan and was published by Massive Press. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at dndramanerds. Check out cast bios on our website, dungeonsanddramanerds.com. Leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, and tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Dungeons and Drama Nerds.